you coming back in here with dusty jerseys. I want to see you coming back in here with bloodstained jerseys. Now, look at anybody going sitting of a pint with those boys after that. And the referee is looking around and acting as Mickey. Tell the children to play tennis or something. If they want to play tennis, go and play tennis. Hello and welcome to the Three Man Weave with me, Mark Farley, joined by Mick McCarthy and PJ Brown as always. Oh. Lads, what's the crack? All's good, Mark. Glad. All's good. I'm glad to say that this podcast is brought to you by the Castle Court Hotel. They're paying us no money for this. But PJ, you had your stag in Westport at the weekend and you discovered that it's the greatest hotel, did you say, in the country? I, I, I think it's the greatest rural nightclub I have ever been to, Mark. And I have been as far as, God, I don't know, Leitrim, Longford... Kerry, obviously, and the Castle Court Hotel is the greatest rural nightclub ever. All, we were saying the only thing it's missing is a name which makes it sound like it's also a strip club. See, this is where I have you beat. Up the road from Westport, a little town called Lewisburg. Lewisburg's yeah. a great name for town, isn't it? It is, absolutely. They've got a, uh, a nightclub that only opens on Bank Holiday weekends. Uh, and, uh, when we were drinking there with the lads a few years ago, where the the dubs up from you know up from the big smoke, being surrounded by the locals, who kept asking us, lads, are you going scamping? <laughs> because the local nightclub is called Scamps, <laughs> which would be a terrible name for a strip club. Now that I say it out loud, <laughs> well, it, it I don't know, it, it's got the ring of a, a strip yeah. club about it, yeah. Maybe, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but anyway, are you going scamping? Was the night, so eventually, eventually, <laughs> we had to go scamping. And we went in and had all the hallmarks. It had, you know, the, you'd be buying like a vodka or something in like, you know, the old kind of like lemonade glasses you used to get in pubs in the 1980s. Yeah. Uh, kind of like way too much uh, kind of dishwasher stained. Uh, no ice or anything like that, you know. And lots of carpet. Lots and lots of carpet. Uh, uh, the perfect rural nightclub, I would say. But I'm not going to judge a place I haven't been to, PJ. But I just, I would find it very hard to beat scamps. When the man I was open in Virginia years ago, they used to, uh, you could get like, there was these cocktail like Frosties, but you get them in a bucket. So like some of the lads in college come up one weekend and they go back down to college the following week and they're like, how do you get on above in, uh, in Virginia? Like, I'll tell you what to do in cabin. They drink out of buckets. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, if you were thinking of a stereotype, they're like, suck cabs. <laughs> go on. They, we, there was a, like that one in Lewisburg, there was one like, it was called Monty's. It was in Tarbert, where it only opened on very special occasions. You knew it was a big night when Monty's was opening. Well, why is it that all, like most rural right nightclubs sound like they're also strip clubs? There was, there was in Ballybunion. There was the first, it was a big nightclub that opened up in the Golf Hotel, and the first name it had was Rumours. And, oh, I think, yeah. and I think they renamed it, didn't rename it, it was something like Secret. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there's a place, in, it, it, not rural, but there's a place in Swords that has a load of names, and all of them sounded one of most being Velvet. Velvet. <laughs> Velvet. Jesus. Lads. I think we should probably talk about the Gaelic Athletic yeah, Association yeah, yeah. at some yeah. stage. Uh, the GEA, uh, which uh, definitely not sound like a strip club. Uh, PJ, you went to go see Kerry Mayo. Talk us through your experience of what was a tumultuous weekend in terms of the weather. Things were changing even within the games and eventually went ahead. One minute looked like a summer's day. The next minute there was hail and rain and snow and God knows what. What was your weekend like? Uh, woke up, arrived on Friday night. At the the uh, the woman who owned the Airbnb came and picked us up. Would you believe stuff. it? Drove us back. Drove us back to the uh, to the house. We uh, then proceed to have to walk ten minutes in the rain. Uh, have a good night out in Westport. I must say, yeah, good night out. Wake up the following morning to discover that the game has been postponed. Of course, uh, the game still went to the game on Sunday. Uh, 
the weather was absolutely mad at the game. It was, we sat down, the, it, was, it was wet, then the ground was wet, but it, was, it, was, it wasn't raining at the time. And then about 10 minutes into the second half, the sun came out. And it was like, I have to take my jacket off here. It's absolutely roasting. Five minutes later, it starts snowing. <laughs> <laughs> and one of the lads turns to me and says, I'm really starting to question my life choices here at the moment. <laughs> what was the game like? Well, that'll be day three regardless yeah. of where you are, to be honest. <laughs> uh, the game, a very weird game, uh, because the team which had the wind in both half it underperformed. Like Kerry, uh, Kerry were Mayo had a, what a, looked like a strong enough wind in that first half, and what did they hit four points? Kerry were up by seven or so at, at halftime. Kerry, Kerry very good in that first half, but Mayo just Mayo just stood off him so much. It was like Gavin White had the best first half I've seen him have for Kerry in ages, but there was no there was no kind of pressure on him. He was. Once he was like burst, he was coming off someone's shoulder. There was no one, there was no one on him to stop him, like running through the middle of the Kerry defense. Like Kerry should have been up by more at halftime. Like that David Clifford missed the penalty. Even the way David Clifford misses penalties is aesthetically pleasing. It was, it like was it. spectacular. So speaking of velvet, uh, David Clifford. I mean, the follow up didn't look so uh, so no, pleasing. No, but. The, but the miss he, itself he, was he pretty good. That he did the same later on where he should have scored a goal and Clark made a brilliant save. Yeah. But actually, Clifford should have done a lot better than he did. Should have kicked it a, little low, a lot lower. And Clark, he, he, like David Clifford's brilliance was that he hit a bad shot to force David Clark to have a spectacular looking save just mm. to make the highlights package all the better. That's the kind of player this guy is. He cares about the overall organisation, not just Kerry. Uh, Kerry have a terrible habit in the league of That's making... Mark treated that point as uh, serious. Go. <laughs> no, it's deadly serious. <laughs> <laughs> Kerry have a terrible habit in the league of making other teams feel good about themselves while losing. Mm. Like, did it, I remember with Cavan both years, they were in Division 1, they did it with me last weekend, and they've done it with Mayo again. It's like, if they could just go out and hammer Mayo, I think Mayo fans nearly feel better. Or it's kind of now more like, oh, jeez, we nearly had a draw there. Maybe yeah. we're not going to go down. We are going to go down, but we shouldn't have because we could have got a result. At the same. That, that first half was one of the worst 35 minutes I've ever seen from a Mayo football team. They were shambolic. Like, there was no pressure on Kerry. Then the, the wides were awful. Like, they were kickable chances, but also there was, like, awful decision-making at times as well. I like we were kind of wondering, is there something going on with the wind here that it's not like you you're in the stand, maybe it was like kinda hard to tell exactly which way the wind was blowing. But uh, James Horn must add like well, he did have a few words at half time, I'm guessing, because they were better in the second half. I thought Aiden O'Shea was actually very good. Mm. He was he was decent in the first half, very good in the second half. He kind of took it but kind of got scruffed the neck and he got on got on a lot of ball, but like very few players from even from the entire game, Mayo players who actually played well. You'd like Paddy Durkin, if it wasn't for he was a bit of a tussle between him and Dara Moyen, I don't know if you'd known he was on the pitch. Yeah. Same with Lee Keegan, Keith Higgins. It was an awful pass for like the furry first carry goal. Uh didn't didn't actually show it at the at the end of the game, but uh, on the on the highlights on League Sunday. But Keith, Keith Higgins had a like a chance to chance to equalise and uh, should probably should have kicked it. Probably should have scored it. Yeah, I. So yeah, yeah. like it feels like it would it would have been like a lick of paint on like a house with shaky foundations. Yeah. I feel like yeah. I had a feeling watching the highlights again, and it's it, it's very early in the season to say it. There's not nothing but a feeling from it, but it feels like this Mayo team is a bit jaded, doesn't it? It feels like they're still relying. It's not. It's not that like. 
when you're a county like Mayo, you get the likes of Keith Higgins and you know David Clark and these boys. I was just thinking a, a bit about them. It's like you're not going to just replace those guys with more of the with that level of talent again. Not on a consistent base anyway. Remember we were talking about Monaghan doing it last week, and it's just that that being such an anomaly. You know what I mean? Mayo are going to have a down period, and it feels like this team is at the end of the road, and there are lads coming through, but I don't. I don't think they're the same standard. So if you're going into a team, you're probably still picking all these boys in a championship team mm. because they're probably better than what's coming next. And I just feel like the idea that Mayo could rise themselves again to beyond what they did last year, which still wasn't enough, is I would say it's close to no chance, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, did, did it, I think got one three or one four off the bench. From, like yeah, so, like you know, no, the, I do the, know the, that. I know that kind yeah. of did bring something to it, but it is, yeah, yeah, I know what you're saying is that you're not you're not sure if they're at the level required to get where Mayo football wants to be. Like, yeah, it's funny what you were saying, Mark, about like Kerry kind of like letting them back into a game and but but still winning. There is a tendency I find that that's that's nearly the hallmark of the league in general for me in hurling and football. I was watching Tip a little bit yesterday, you know, and they, against Waterford, Waterford were doing all these brilliant things to kind of stay in the game and lovely scores and flicks and everything like that. And then as you're still kind of applauding Waterford and saying "Well done," they're back in the game. Noel McGrath will have caught the puck out and put it back over the bar, and and it's like everything you when you're watching the match is about how well the underdog team are playing but the really good teams can kind of at half pace just kind of beat you so mayo uh, kerry did it all in the first half yesterday you know mm. and that was uh, that was kind of all they had to do and they've kind of bigger fish to fry once yeah. the second half comes around it is the, it, like that is the difference really i was at cavill and claire yesterday speaking of bigger fish uh, to fry it's what, off that's what, 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 what before we move off kerry i thought dimmer o'connor was really good for kerry yesterday young, young lad at midfield he's like kerry you've got a lot of like from a couple of years ago where you're wondering who the, like who the hell are the midfield options here beyond beyond david Morn, and he he was really good yesterday he caught a lot of caught a lot of uh, kickouts for kerry uh, was really good in possession as well. You can see him, he's kind of physically developing too. Uh, he, was, he, was, he played for Nagale and him and Jack Barry won the Junior All-Ireland. Uh, Jack Barry was at midfield with him yesterday. He was, he was very good in the first half. O'Connor was really good across the entire game. I'd be, I'd be very encouraged about where Kerry are in an area that might have been seen as a weakness in the past. Whereas now you've got like, certainly him, he's an athlete as well who, who can... Who, kind of player you need if you're going to stick with Dublin at midfield the German O'Connor Derby of course it was at the weekend <laughs> um, yeah I was at Cavan Clare uh, which all of a sudden it went from Cavan and Road to are Cavan fully safe yet <laughs> um, we get sucked into this if we uh, lose oh, the last two games uh, they're not they're not safe points wise I just think there's probably too many teams between them and yeah. relegation mm. but that's a bad loss well, the problem you have, you have to play Clare so, like, it shows you as well uh, Cavan Leash Loud, awfully, all playing for a third weekend in a row because of the postponed games. All four of them lost. Now Sligo and who was there somebody else at the weekend? Was it Wicklow? Um, in Division Four, one, but uh, one of them had Sligo had a good win over Wexford. I think Wicklow yeah. were playing London. Um, but it was a David, good win for Sligo, in fairness. Yeah, then, away was a great win after yeah, after what happened. Definitely the player to that. But it shows just what we were talking about a few weeks ago in terms of the third weekend being killer for teams playing three weekends yeah. in a row. David Tuberty showed some great we're talking about closing out the game last week and the dubs and cynical play or whatever in terms of uh, actual physical stuff David Tuberty showed some great great closing out the game ability on the ball uh, on Sunday last second last attack he had uh, going into injury time he had a free about 30 yards out referee told him hold on there a second 
don't take that yet. I'm going in here to talk to someone. I don't I remember it was to give someone a yellow card or anyway, whatever it was. He was going in to do a bit of refereeing and at the goal line for a while. So there was a bit of a delay there. Then the referee blows the whistle to take the free. David Torby decides, actually, you know what? I'm going to take this off the ground. Um, could have could have obviously put it on the ground while the referee was doing all that other stuff. But no, no, he, he only decided at the last minute once the referee said, no, take a free. Took his time, ball went wide. Then Calvin up on the attack looking for a goal to try and snatch a late, on, late winner. Tuberty gets the ball round midfield. He's the furthest man forward. There is nobody from Calvin back, including the goalkeeper Raymond Galligan. Tuberty heads straight to the corner with the ball. <laughs> down he goes, gets another free out <laughs> the sideline down at the corner. Uh, and took that one off the ground. Ball went wide. Uh, Ref blows the final whistle. Tuberty lets a yelp. He's, you could hear him blowing player, I'd say. Um, yeah. It's such a massive win for them to keep get their season back on the road. And like they've every chance of staying up now they're yeah. right back in the hunt am I sensing like lemons or are, like you, you're saying you're almost saying with a little bit of admiration in your voice I think. Oh, sure like <laughs> he was dead right I like. would expect <laughs> you to be bitter about it but I'm, I, you don't seem to be I know that's just yeah. that's, that's just, the game that's shenanigans that's just funny <laughs> uh, listen to obviously didn't see this game but listen to especially the last 20 minutes on, on Claire FM which was very good I was speaking of Yelp and it was like the co-commentator as is, I love on local radio it's my favourite thing in the world where they just abandoned their job <laughs> now apparently uh, Andy Moran made his debut on um, on uh, sh- uh, what's Midwest? Midwest Midwest I couldn't yeah. remember the name but sorry um, for the for the Mayo game and at one point uh, wanted to make a point about Mayo and said sorry Mike are we allowed to be biased on this? I forgot to, <laughs> because I forgot to ask you before we went on air. And they were like, oh yeah, totally. And it was like, great. So it's like, Andy's learning the game. Now what Andy needs to learn from was whoever the co-commentator was on Claire FM at the weekend because I didn't mean it, who literally just abandoned his post completely. Poor old Sil O'Connor was doing all the commentary. He was getting excited and your mom was like, go on, David. Go on, David. Get up there. Oh, yes. Yes. <laughs> and just screaming at the match like he was a fan. And do you know what? I'd, like if I was a director, I'd tell him to do exactly that and to never say anything into the mic you know that was uh, specifically for radio but um, Claire like don't forget that this team lost Gary Brennan probably nearly Claire, Claire's best ever footballer someone we were talking about for an all-star just leaving last year it's not as if he's old and finished They're losing their best player Jamie Malone was nominated for an all-star last year from Claire. he's not playing there's a couple more as well but like even someone like Malone he was kind of like he was a, a breakthrough talent David Tuberty is 33 I think you know has been around a long long time he's a, like a legend but you know when you're kind of carrying him every single time this is their is this the fourth year or third year in Division 2 so either or they've been written Definitely, off every yeah, single three, time yeah it, it looked like they were gone again even this time now they, they beat they beat Kildare lost by a point to Leash lost by a point to Westmead and then go up to Cavan who are looking in for promotion and win it far from safe they have to go and do it against Fermanagh it's back to back performances have been a problem with, with Clare but if they beat Fermanagh you'd have to say they're probably going to get out of it and the job that Colin Collins has done to regenerate that team you know, without the huge playing numbers, without the tradition, without the obsession all the way through the county, the way there is in other football counties. I just think it's super impressive. And this is like, this is completely taking my Claire hat off. I just think it's one of those things that should be really, really applauded to go and kind of live with these like really strong Division Two counties and kind of stay in there. And like, you know, we're not like we're a poor second half performance away from making the Super 8s last year as well. Do you know, against me, they kind of just, Definitely. they were brilliant for 50 minutes and then played a bad last 20. So, I just want to applaud Colin Collins. That's yeah. that's my positive impact on today's show. Keep okay. So, go on, PJ. I, listening to Colin Collins on the Examiner podcast a few weeks ago, he, he's really impressive. You can, you can see how 
there's a just get on with it kind of attitude. You know, he's not going to complain about that. He's not, he's not thinking about the lads who aren't there. He's thinking about the lads who are there yeah. and what he can do with them. Uh, yeah, that, re- that really kind of impressed me. And it was the same with like the, you know, the, the second tier competition, which is we actually have, actually have a name now. The Talton Cup. The Talton Cup. That's, uh, that's for future winners Mead. Um, <laughs> you rub there back there. I l- put that joke out on social media. <laughs> Ten seconds after it was named, yeah, <laughs> um, you, you, fa- you had the same attitude towards that competition. It wasn't like you know, oh, oh, it's a disgrace that this is being brought in or whatever. It was just like you know, if we're in it, we're going to try and win it. Like, yeah, and yeah. He- uh, one- which would be great. That's, sorry, just to, I, we're not going into second tier argument now, but it, that is a like. A team like Clare, what have they ever won? Munster title in 1992, mm. maybe a few Division 3 league titles or something like that. Wouldn't it be... I hope we're not in it because it means we survive, but like at some stage, Clare will be in that if it stays. And I would hope they go all out to win it. Mm. I would hope that's the, 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 the biggest thing that could happen to Clare football in history, except for maybe beating Kerry in the 92 uh, Munster final. Keener D, we talked about this in the podcast, I think it was in the Build Up podcast uh, a couple of months ago, about uh, having hair that makes you stand out. And where, whether that's good or bad thing in terms of people's view of you as a player, Keenerty definitely typified that at the weekend. He had a brilliant performance against Cavan. He was playing uh, kind of a sweeper for Clare, but was getting up into the attack as well. Uh, he has a short ponytail, and all you could hear is everybody on the hill, just there's a man in the ponytail again. Just that ponytail lad's doing very well. God, that ponytail lad's destroying us. Oh, there's a man with the ponytail. Look at him, run it again. Someone pick him up. <laughs> so definitely the ponytail, I think, helped. But he also had a really good performance and he's someone to watch out for over the course of the summer. Yeah. Um, Talking back, though, before we move back to Division 1, that Division 2 being the... Uh, Division 2 and 3 being the, the dreaded watch zone for the the much maligned Talchon Cup. Um, you know, I think an update like Kildare getting their win against Leash absolutely huge played really well dominated the game suddenly this is exactly what you've been saying actually was that Kildare have probably not been as bad as the results have showed suddenly Leash are back into it there again you know like Westmead lose to Roscommon they're in it so you've got Fermanagh on two points with a game in hand after their uh, game was called off against Armagh this week so they if they can beat Armagh suddenly everybody's back into it but say even if you say they lose to it you know you've got Clare on four you've got Kildare on four you've got Leash on five and you've got Westmead on five you've got Cavan on six I think probably just outside it but you know two games to go for most of these teams three for Fermanagh and Armagh it's unbelievable and again with the relegation there it's the most important uh, Scary. it's the most important you know two fixtures of a lot of these teams for years mm. you know mad I'm definitely of the season I, I demand a uh, final day red zone of division <laughs> two <laughs> yeah absolutely how great would that be I would love it if Cork beat them. Yeah. Also, can we talk about the fact that we're, we're walking out instead? One of them turned to the, one of them turned to the other one. Ashford's great to be back in Division One. I'm, I'm kept really quiet, but I'll tell you something. He went down in my estimation when he said that. We have not resorted to that. Let Cork beat them, and Cavan Tipperary go. But I'll tell you, you can tell him now if you're watching it. We're still fighting for this title. And I'll tell you now, they're no, still no, fighting no. for this title. And they've got to go Cork and get something. And he's got to go to Middlesbrough and get something. I think they're at home against Cork. We, we, we just say things like that. against Cork And I'll tell you, honestly, I will love it if we beat them. Love it. I would love it if Cork beat them. Love it. 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 Love it.
Uh, speaking of red, Mick, you want to give out about red cards in Hurling? Red cards in Hurling, Mark. Yeah, I do. So I think people would have seen it. It's on our social media. We got a huge reaction on Instagram to Kevin Moore and got, getting sent off on uh, for Waterford against Tipperary. There was three sendings off in five minutes at the end of the first half in that game. There was three sendings off in the Wexford Dublin game uh, last week. There was the the, the furor basically over the amount of freeze that have been given in games and how picky kind of referees have been and how there, there's maybe the question of whether there's a kind of an over literal sort of interpretation of the rules and for me anyway that was manifested massively in I I would say especially Kevin Moore and sending off because for me I would have an argument that and people can see it they can see it on our Instagram they can see it loads of different places I would have uh, they can see it on uh, an article up kind of criticizing this on Paul Sotohi that I wrote last night um I would say that what he did to 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 Jason Ford, which is basically kind of nudge him with the sort of side of the hurley after a point, while is probably a bit silly and maybe like eye rolling, is harmless for one and two has been part of the game forever. As Ken McGrath says, he would have never, he wouldn't have even got off the bus if if you were being sent off and you know as, as much you know for the things that are happening these days. It's also. I would, if I was a Tipperary fan, I'd be very disappointed. At Jason Ford going to the ground, and I feel like if there weren't red cards being given out for these things, he wouldn't. And every player in history would have stood up for himself and would have been mortified by the idea of of going to the ground for something like that. Instead of just pushing back, we move on, we play on. So I would have a huge issue with um, a kind of a. I don't know if it's a kind of a, a gentrification almost of like this sort of feeling that everything is a dirty slap or everything is by the rules. Everything needs to be dealt with as a red card. That the game is the game. It It, it is what it is. And it's not, there's nothing that wrong with it. You know what I mean? And it's like, I would say like, you know, if you can't kind of like jostle your man for position, then it does become a different sport. So there's plenty of people outside will say, look, it's nothing to do with that. It's about the skills. It's a game and stuff like that. But it is also a physical game and it's a bit of a battle. You know what I mean? Maybe it's not a war. Maybe you don't need the hyperbole. And I actually find it very hard to use the language around this thing while articulating myself because unfortunately a lot of the language that is used to describe these things can be a bit cavemanish. You know, like it's words like manliness or words like, you know, pansy and all these things that need to be completely translated into something that's like nothing to do with gender for a start or nothing to do with manliness or anything like that, but that they do have a place in the game. And I feel like the GEA are really trying to force it out, but they're doing it without bringing anybody with them. So no, like hurlers and hurling fans... And I would say nobody on the pitch there yesterday and nobody in the crowd, including most Tipperary fans, would have said that what Kevin Moran did was a red card. So why is it? That's my question, you know? And look, maybe by the championship it comes along and they don't make it, you know, you don't want referees bottling decisions either. You don't want violence to be allowed because there's a relaxing of these kind of rules either. So like, it's not the easiest thing in the world, but I just don't understand why there is this kind of, this sort of... I don't know, this, this, I don't know, effort, I suppose, to make sure that nothing happens that is outside of what is, like, technically in the rule book. And I don't know what other people think about that. But I know even the response on our Instagram page was, like, absolutely huge. Like, other than somebody saying that uh, Jason Ford should be shot, simple as that. <laughs> it was There was a lot of reasonable responses, basically. just kind of, It was a direct question as to whether it's fair enough for a game gone soft. There was no kind of, like, bias towards it in the, in the question. And I think it must have been 99% of people were absolutely horrified by what they saw. Like, if Jason Ford doesn't go down, 
it's not even a, it's not even a yellow card. I think the, the referee they don't even notice. I don't it. think it's even a free if it happens yeah. in play. Like yeah, forward like, team to go down and then go. Oh shit, I've gone down here. Yeah, I get back up. <laughs> I will say that in fairness to him, yeah. there was a kind of a realization. He, I think he yeah. gave a kind of a sheepish like you know arm across his kind of uh, his stomach. Like oh yeah, I'd hurt, hurting a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm okay now actually. <laughs> I think I'm getting better. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, is that coming into the game more players going down like that? Yeah, I think yeah. it is. I think it's coming into both sports. I think Colin O'Rourke talked a little bit about it on on League Sunday. Um, oh, sorry, on the live game on Saturday night for Dublin Throne, in for uh, one of the Dublin players got black carded, and basically it was a Throne player threw himself to the ground, which made it into a black card offence because he hit the ground. He's like, the rule is there for this guy to dive. Do you know what I mean? Is like that's the, what I was on about with the black yeah. card a few weeks ago, and it's like. I was like worried about the black card sim because it was such a harsh penalty for things that can be. It's it's really specifically the third man tackle yeah. uh, off the ball thing of when you someone like if two people run into each other, whoever goes down, uh, it's a race to go down because you're the person who goes down, then the other person that look, looks like the guilty party for a black card. Yeah, and you can literally just run into each other and see what happens. Absolutely, yeah, and there, that's obviously a flaw in the rule, but it's also forcing like in this case, whatever the throne player was like threw himself to the ground and like. It's because the rules are there to 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 reward him for doing that, um, and I think that takes away from some of the like genuine competitive edge of the game. It's a different kind of competitiveness. Is then it's a competitive yeah. acting, and as opposed to a, a, a genuine physical contest that is part of the games. So I think we're in hurling more so than football, but it's a huge part of football as well. And it, it's been backed away from. And my thing with that is, uh, you would hear a lot of people say, like, you know, it doesn't need to be part of the game. The game should be about the skills and should be about, like, you know, kicking points and stuff like that. But uh, it is also what you need to be to be a good footballer or hurler. You know, you need to be able to stand up for yourself. You need to be able to stand your ground and you need to be able to win your individual battles, right? And if that's taken out of the game because it doesn't suit everybody, I also say then, well, should we slow the game down? Because I'm a really good hurler, but I'm really slow. And I'm not, so I won't be picked at any yeah. teams. But, you know, but this guy also is, you know, not as tough as the next guy, but he has great skills. How come he's protected, but the slow person isn't? But, like, that's completely different because it's speed not. is, a, it is, though, because speed is a skill and, or not, you know, a skill or a talent or something that helps you in, with the aim of the game being to score more than the opposition. Yeah. Uh, Dunton lads off the ball isn't a skill that's meant to help you with the with with score more than the opposition. I know what you mean in terms of the physicality of it, and if you're going for a ball in fifty fifty and you know that kind of thing. But like all the incidents, like the Austin Lee's one, I think we're all like right, that's a red card. I think we all say it's anyway. actually important to say that that, yeah, that, that, that I'm not going deserved. for like keep the cards in the pockets. Yeah. I think when you become dangerous and, and a little bit like reckless like Austin Gleeson was that I think he was lucky to get a second yellow. I think that was a straight red card because yeah. he came across from way too far and even if he didn't mean it he was going all the way towards the Tipperary player's head and that's dangerous play and it's a red card. Yeah. You but know? then yeah. both Barrett and Morn, whether or not there, there was enough in them to warrant a red card. Yeah. They're both off the ball incidents. They're both things that you don't need to be able to do 
to be a good hurler. Well, I suppose, uh, yeah, I suppose, okay, and Cottle Barrett's like, case, which is like a literal nothing incident that was a red card with an umpire from 100 mar- yards away, I'd have an issue with that outside of what I'm talking about here, though. It's a more general point. You know, the you're right, you, Cottle Barrett doesn't need to do it. I would argue that Kevin Moran is like, that is an individual battle. Jason Ford has just scored, and he's just kind of showing him I'm still here, which has just always been part of the game. And it is, and, 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 and it matters for the next time the ball comes around. And not because he's hurt him, but it's literally just a physical presence of I'm here with you you know and is does that sound stupid it might do but I guarantee it doesn't sound as stupid to you as it does to someone who's never played the sport you know what I mean that is it is part of playing football or hurl. yeah it's probably for me it's with when the hurl comes into it and you can't see from yeah the TV angle whether he made contact with the hurl was the hurl like, you know it was a hand in the chest or yeah. pushing someone or giving them a shoulder everything yeah. Oh, yeah that's grand it's just when it comes when it comes to, to it but it was no, there was no there was no force or force strike it, to it it's yeah. a push it's just like these lads are used to getting like yeah. you know hits of the little bit of wood he wasn't stru- struck with yeah. it you know anyway look I think we could we could like it's just hawk all day it's more I think the Jackie Terry were like when you saying about Cahill Barrett swinging out uh, there's like oh sure if you can't swing your elbow then well, the we gone. He, he didn't not even put, say you. Sorry, not swing out. Put your elbow out. Put said, your yeah. elbow out there. I mean, like, with, a, with a punch. He tried to punch it. Yeah. He, like, he punched him in the in the hip as well as he ran away. It was. It well, was. I. I. I would like. I would argue that if something is blatantly harmless, I. I would wonder why Cahill Barrett did it or what he was trying to achieve by it. I don't think that matches my arguments here about the kind of the. The, the physical aspect or the kind of you know you know laying the marker down on your man kind of thing which I think is part of the game and should always be part of the game and doesn't do anybody any harm whereas this uh, this doesn't do anybody any harm but also I don't know what he was doing mm. yeah you know I, I don't think it's a red card but I don't know what I think the game is more gone if Kevin Morans is a red card rather than Carl Barrett being stupid and throwing a punch it was yeah. probably a yellow card it was, it was probably like, he didn't really kind of do anything, but like it was. It was sort of a, like stupid. A, do you know if someone like does something like pulls? Remember when you're like in school or something, and like someone behind you, the table behind you would pull at the hairs in the back of your neck or something. You'd go, "Ah, what? What was you? You know, oh, that was sore. That was kind of embarrassing." I'm to say, sorry, we should correct something. Jack Sherry was like, "Put out your elbow," as in you know, just. Let a lad know you're there, as you were saying, yeah. rather than swinging it. Obviously, he's not vindicating <laughs> nailing a lad in the nose around with an elbow. Yeah. But uh, I think that's what happened with Barrett, because they were tussling off the ball, and his hurl uh, came off. Uh, the hurl came off, must, like, could have hurt his knuckles or something. He's like, ah, what? What? Hey, what are you at? Yeah. <laughs> sort of, but... Uh, but the guy who he hit, and again, I didn't even know who it was, because it was like the big, long angle from the from the thing, literally didn't react to it at all. He just kept running and went back into play. Again, I just think if there's... Uh, it is a fine line but it's also this like elimination of common sense you know what I mean if like a referee should be allowed to to make a decision as to whether something is you know it's by the book a strike okay red card but there's actually nothing in this I'm not going to do anything and that was the umpire called it and you know an umpire probably told the referee Cottle Barrett's after punching whoever it was Shane Bennett or whatever you know so there's not not much you can do there but you know come on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> That's a red card, lads. What's the point in anything? There'll uh, never be, ne- never, 30 men will never finish another hurling game again if this is the standard we're going with. Oh, you wonder what is the motive, what is the driving force behind this? Who That's is, exactly my who, question. Who, who is doing it? Like, we all understand why you can't hit, why a red, uh, why hitting someone in the head with the hurling is not a red card. Everyone understands that. 
the like the change interfering with the helmets yeah yeah can seem harsh but it's done for the right reasons it's to eliminate that get out of the game altogether and stop possible concussions stop possible dangerous cuts through the face guard and everything like that you know but the these instances kind of curb these instances I, I, I do wonder who is who is trying to do that and who wants to do that yeah Twitter types that's who it is uh, <laughs> Kerry <laughs> Kerry may not get promoted now because of the mumps well they may have lost the game anyway but the mumps seems to really have a couple of their chances of Division 1 hurling <laughs> two things the mumps the, an outbreak of the mumps just before their biggest game of the year and me picking them to win on uh, build up podcast build up podcast yeah, yeah to, Mick that. and the mumps well I expect them to Mick and the mumps sounds like uh, <laughs> a, a Mike and the mechanic shot yeah, and, yeah. Uh, tribute band yeah. <laughs> Mick and the mumps they're playing in the academy this Friday could I, it also sounds like it might be a Netflix animated show <laughs> that, that my, my, my five year old nephew watches uh, <laughs> Kerry like this well Kerry's biggest game of the year if they get in I think they probably should will be the, the, the Division 2A final to decide who goes up to Division 1 I, I, that'll be the, the biggest game of the year I think yeah their biggest game of the year yeah, yeah. it's now just putting it in doubt well the biggest game it. of the league the biggest game of the year but could they, be if, John if, McDonald, if, like, if yeah. awfully beat yeah. Antrim they're not going to be in it so that's, yeah. the, that's the problem there uh, so that's like that's going to be actually interesting awfully in Antrim which is funny enough last year I think as well had like the biggest game uh, you know I remember, yeah. I remember thinking oh it's like 1989 that was the John McDonough yeah. Yeah, and now it down. feels like it could be happening again here yeah. in Division 2 of the league just going back to Division 1 really briefly because it is there's a lot of things were already sorted um, ahead of the week and Tip kind of looked Tip looked good against at, at times against Waterford you know and looked like they're just sauntering into the year but there's games called off whatever but uh Cork are now out, right? So with games that need to be played, there's I think there's still two games in in that uh, division that need to be played next week. But they're kind of stuck in fifth place, you know, and it means they're not getting relegated and they're not going to be in the semi-finals or the quarterfinals or whatever it is. And they don't have a game now until their first round of the Munster round robin in ten weeks' time. And just for perspective of people, there's fifty two weeks in a year. So for a fifth of the annual of of the actual calendar year. Cork aren't going to play a game despite it being in the middle of inter-county season and look they're talking about maybe fixing the calendar a little bit this year and, and it's like we've seen it with uh, the three games in a row that you're talking about with Cavan and the other teams having to play because there's no room in the fixture list like it's a farce isn't it like <laughs> look there's no point even talking about it anymore because it's just lunacy um, <laughs> <laughs> you have too much shit yeah. if the, if the, it has the, like it, this tree has too many branches like, yeah <laughs> Uh, 2B is interesting as well because I, London have London are London are worried about now they're in danger of back-to-back relegations they beat Warwickshire at the weekend but only beat them because Warwickshire gave them a walkover because the two of them are guaranteed to be in the relegation playoff anyhow I don't know what impact that'll have on the promotion race in 2B as well because I don't know how if you can use score difference given the Warwickshire conceded the game um, yeah. I was trying to find out the rule on that this morning but I couldn't but um, it is just a worry for London if they ended up with but I think there was a toss. I think it's going to be in Rice Slip that playoff. But back to back relegations from one A down to oh sorry, from two A down to three three A uh, two seasons in a row. So um you don't know, but look at it. I'm looking forward to this all England derby. <laughs> yeah, yeah, all England derby and relegation playoff. What a, can we can we ask for any more, really, you know? <laughs> uh lads, any last comments you need to make before we go? Uh I I, I wonder how how does Pat Spillane know which way you swipe on Tinder if you like something? Don't, <laughs> I was asking. Don't like something. And, like, 
after the, uh, the, the the highlights of the Donegal Monaghan game on uh, League Thank Sunday you. last night, uh, <laughs> you just Pat, 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 Pat asked, if there was a tender for Gaelic football, you'd be oh. swiping left when talking about this game. I also like really enjoyed the movement that he made. Yeah. It, he made it look like tender is some kind of man- mechanical contraption where <laughs> that has a giant lever that you pull left and right, <laughs> and it's not on a touchscreen phone. <laughs> And a nap. He looks like he plays Tinder on, you know, or plays Tinder, <laughs> uses Tinder on like uh, the touch screens that they use for analysis now on the, uh, yeah. you know, like this big giant screen that I, it was like he was trying to, <laughs> trying to open a patio door. Um, but anyway, uh, funny enough, I was asking, I was waiting for you to give all the closing remarks you had to give so I could talk about Pat Spillane. But anyway, Mick, go on. All right. Okay. And was it just going to be Tinder? Tinder and also his phrase about Dublin being the last team to go back training in the league and it looks like they're burning a lot of dirty diesel at the minute absolutely yeah and Dublin is one of the things that I, 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 two quick things it's like the Dublin Throne game the fight is the fight or whatever you're going to see a lot of coverage about that I, didn't, I, I don't really have much to say in it but watching a game where it looked like RT had been told they weren't allowed to identify any of the players like it was crime line or something <laughs> and it was <laughs> and there was so much rain that all you could see was blue blobs against white blobs for the first half of the match was one of the ma- maddest viewing experiences I think I've ever had it was just idea yeah, of crime call now it's like <laughs> Uh, the referee is looking for your help in identifying this man. We <laughs> 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 an off the ball incident in Oma last week, <laughs> and Tyrone bounced back. Like we had, we uh, Peter Canavan. You're going to hear we we did a, a brilliant show in Balahi um, during the week. We had a, a, a Peter Canavan, Oshin McConville. Uh, Danny Quinn named McGee talking a lot about Ulster football Mark you're in your element but Canavan was very down on throne yeah. like, I mean and I, I, we're going to put it up on the feed later this week you can keep an ear out for it but he was very 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 negative about throne and thought that they were in big trouble mm-hmm. and then they go out and beat the dubs fair enough in a monsoon game should have never played and it's league and whatever but it's interesting that they've bounced back like that you know and actually played pretty well like we're, we're good the other thing was the, the match you were talking about PJ in, uh, in Donegal Bally Shannon Fortress Bally Shannon <laughs> Donegal have played the last they've a terrible record in Bally Buffet in the last couple of years and they've played 10 Letter Kenny they're bad as well I think yeah Letter Kenny maybe yeah, it is yeah. then yeah and their last 10 matches in Bally Buffet in, in Bally Shannon they've won 9 and drawn 1 unbeaten in 10 games there it's unbelievable but that pitch is hilarious yeah it was yeah, like it a rugby match from the 19, 1987 <laughs> club rugby game the grass was up to their ankles like and there was no lines on the pitch or anything the first Tony goal was very lucky. I know they had an awful lot to do to score after the one kick out, but Rory Bengen's kick out just stopped midair and dropped down into, I think it was uh, Hugh McFadden's arms. <laughs> so, oh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks very much. Um, but anyway, it's time for us to go. P- oh, PJ, you something? I heard one thought on the Dublin on the Dublin Tyrone game. I, I only got to see the highlights there this morning. I didn't remember like thinking at the moment when I could bear, couldn't could make out who the Dublin player running through on goal was. was that this is like impressionist GA it's like it's, it's like Claude Monet has done a, a painting of a Gaelic football game here that is what it looked like on the television uh, it's like our gimmick at the moment is by the way is like you know uh, most of the show is things we didn't get time to talk to we talk about as we try as Mark definitely tries to wrap it up but Mark we're not that long we're under 40 minutes here for God's sake I do want to say one more thing about the the cork thing right 10 weeks off I'm dying to see, and I'm going to keep a very keen eye on it, as to how much club activity is going to happen in that time. Because the the arguments for all this April month and the condensed league and everything happening in January, February, March is that 
clubs have more certainty and it's brilliant but i don't know if that's the case or not and i cert- i think that they don't have any certainty at all until the county team is out of the all-ireland championship and i think it's just it's completely rubbish idea can i give a shout out to the man (laughs) can i give a shout out to the man who before the mayo Kerry game at the weekend sang uh, around the vian at mikhail park it was one of the best rendition no music one of the best renditions of uh around vian i've ever heard uh i I didn't catch his name but he was from uh with bohola my davits i think was his oh bohola there's only three pubs in Bohola, we all know that. Uh, and on that bombshell. And another shout out to Scamps in Lewisburg as well. <laughs> and to the manor. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. You can find us, if you're not subscribed yet, by searching balls.e podcast and all good podcast apps. We'll also be back on Wednesday with the build-up, getting you hyped for the sporting weekend, which will include our usual GA guest the handicap, um, guess the handicaps game, where I am the reigning and defending champion once again. Uh, you can find us by searching the build-up on balls.e and all good podcast apps. We'll be there on Wednesday. But until then, mind yourself. Thank you.